0: And welcome to Chapter Tactics, your Warhammer 40K podcast that focuses on playing Warhammer 40K competitively at all levels of the game. I am your host, Mr. Petey Pob, and with me I have three amazing content creators, three people that have been around the community for years now, three people who I've had on the show at separate times, although I don't think together, uh maybe maybe Peter and Adam. Anyways. I'll go. Let me introduce them. I've got Mr. Adam Camel Harry from Melbourne, Australia. Camel Harry, that's a good one, Pablo. How you doing, everybody? Happy to be here. <laughs> uh, then Peter the Falcon swooping in from somewhere in Canada.
1: Yes, that is me. Moo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he went. He went more south because that's where moose are. I'm assuming. Is that no? That is un, that is not true. I don't know anything. Anyways, and then finally, uh, coming from almost Canada, Colin Sherman <laughs> from Best in Faction Podcast.
2: Kaka! Oh, wait, no, that's Peter. Oh, man. Uh,
0: <laughs> Better than I do.
2: <laughs> it's great to be here. And yes, oh, well, we are, I'm two hours from, actually, more like an hour from Vancouver. Very close. There to you go.
0: Boom. All right. So that is it. We've got a great jam packed episode for you today. We're going to be talking about goals performance goals and how to make the most out of your goals uh athletes set goals regularly for themselves uh and although i know not everyone listening is an athlete uh, i do know that this is a competitive 40k podcast and a lot of people do try to set goals for themselves at the beginning of the year and try to accomplish them uh and see where they you know where they've progressed from year to year every year it happens i always have people come up to me tell me hey i i really want to go 4-2 in a tournament, really want to win an event, I really want to improve in this part of my game, or in this part of my hobby, or in this part of my life, Uh, and hopefully this episode will teach you some fundamental skills and and planning to be able to uh, achieve the goals that you set for yourself, and also to structurally assemble your goals so that they're uh, basically attainable and as efficient as possible. Um, So, this isn't just your basic New Year's resolution kind of podcast. Um, I, I am going to talk about uh, performance goals and and basically setting expectations for yourself. Did a minor amount of research, so it, it is a more informed episode than normal. Also, we've got some awesome announcements and plugs that we're going to talk about uh, at the beginning of the year. There's a lot going on for all of us, actually. Uh, I know the the four of us are in the middle of planning a lot of big stuff that we're all excited to talk about. So we're definitely going to talk about that. Uh, and then finally, we're going to talk a little bit about our New Year's resolutions, what we kind of some goals we've set for ourselves as content creators, as 40Kists, as hobbyists, uh, and what kind of what our motivations are uh and then get to the patron questions and all that good stuff but first some quick announcements first and foremost i'd like to congratulate the winners of last year's grand uh, giving uh, i don't know triple x hefhelmus plus <laughs> grand giving yeah i don't oh, i don't know fantastic. what to call it basically the end of the year giveaway uh we gave away two Paint or commission models uh, painted by the Frontline Gaming Paint Studio. So these are models that the winners get to uh, have painted in their own scheme that they want. Uh, it's any infantry hero character model like that. Uh, and the winners of that were John and Matthew. So congratulations to both of you. Uh, one of them hasn't picked their model yet. However, uh, Matthew is going to be having a Ragnar Blackmane painted in the box art. Uh, for his own personal collection. And then finally, we had the big giveaway. This one was for the the flight or uh, table terrain setup or uh, the $500 uh, paint credit for um, a part of your army through the paint studio. Was, the winner got to pick one of those. Uh, and so the, the winner is Brandon. So, congratulations to him. He's already been notified uh, and he decided to go with the terrain setup. So, he's going to get a full terrain, ITC terrain setup along with the mat uh, and also a secret product that I can't tell you about in the future that'll go really well with all that, too. Um, And so, he picked that because he's a local TO and he really wants to grow his community. Um, And so, we decided to send him a full set of terrain. Um, So, congratulations to all of you. If you want to enter that next year, or every month we do giveaways head on over to the patreon
2: also i'm just trying to think about how many johns there are that play 40k
0: and there's a lot of
2: johns there's a lot no, no and it's even worse because anonymity is very important for this
0: oh yeah yeah and all of their last names end with with s or w so <laughs> <laughs> it's it's you're, you're it's done smith and williams two of the most common names i think of just yeah that really that's really not their really last cool. names but those are just two common last names that i thought of off the top of my head anyways um so uh if you're going if you're listening to this episode um you might notice that my audio sounds a little different i am getting over moving uh right now so i'm recording in the office my at home studio is either in the process of being assembled or completely non-existent I don't know yet, so I brought my mic out here, and I'm recording with the barest minimum of minimums out here, hoping that one of the warehouse employees or Reese or Frankie don't come in and disturb us. Uh, They might have forgotten that I'm recording. Who knows? I did tell them earlier. Uh, Also, you'll notice that this episode came out later on Tuesday instead of bright and early Tuesday morning, Monday at midnight, and that's just simply because I, I won't have the time to edit this episode until... Tuesday, so I'm gonna edit the episode Tuesday morning and then put it up as soon as possible. So if it comes out a little late, I'm sorry. I'm uh, you know I'm just busy moving and unpacking and everything. What does we Panda literally... even do? What does what does Panda even do? She is taking <laughs> a well deserved vacation right now. Oh my goodness! To to uh, beautiful Panda Land. So wherever wow. pandas go on vacation, that's where she is. Like I was, I was super excited
1: to hear my own voice first thing in the morning tomorrow. And now you're going to make me wait. <laughs>
0: Ruined. I'm sorry. You know what? You can send her an uh, angry email at www.pandadoesntcare.com. Okay.
1: That, that is okay. not an
0: email address. You can't they trick sound legit.
3: He's trying to save you, Peter. That does not sound legit.
0: Yeah. Speaking of things that don't sound legit, Peter, <laughs> uh, how is the Las Vegas <laughs> Nopin going? Las Vegas Nopin is going... Um, very
1: well in many ways and not as well in others um so we managed to get our uh, swag store open in case anybody hasn't seen if you go to lasvegasnopen.net um there's a shop link there i also had a facebook post um a um armor class 10 which is part of um a hobby store out of Massachusetts and the name is I don't oh Alpha Omega Hobby. Um they helped us get together some t-shirts and hoodies as well as uh knit caps and ball caps um that we're going to be sending out to people. Uh, all proceeds go to the charity. Um 3D6 wargaming has done up some custom objective markers that are going to be up on our website as well. Um so like from a swag perspective things are coming along well. Most of the lists um are starting to take place from the participants. Um, so we're, we are well on our way. However, uh, just about three hours before we started recording, um, the UK went into a, a, complete and total lockdown, um, which includes, uh, which seems to preclude any of our streamers from actually being able to stream from the UK. So we're, uh, in talks with some other people right now to, that we had kind of been waiting in the wings, um, to uh, fill those slots if we need to, um. So yeah, so a couple things are up in the air. The event is still happening. It's just it's it's probable that a couple of the UK people that we really wanted to have on, um, just won't be able to now. So
0: yeah, it's unfortunate that that uh, you know we we had that lockdown happen. But uh, I'm still really excited to hear all of that juicy juicy commentary, uh, especially especially um, Adam firing off about a thousand words a second uh, as well. But I'll see what speaking, I can do. Speaking of no, juicy no, commentary, no the Las Vegas Open is going on, but that's at the end of the month. There's one more event that's happening pretty soon in a couple, is it 10 days? Yeah, about is that. It, oh my gosh. Um, and that's that's Charity Hammer, which happens every year. Uh, Colin, you
2: you and BiffPod put that together. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So uh, the last two years, the first weekend of January, I had about 20 to 40 gamers, depending on the year. Out to my home in Edmonds, the the kind of the best ambassadors for the game I could find, combined with the the highest of level players, uh, and Falcon, and I, uh, and I, uh, I we we just did a stream marathon and we made as much content as we could. Last year we made about a hundred hours of content over the over the course of a weekend between three streams. Uh, the problem is, as you guys know, uh, COVID's a real thing, so uh, we can't do that right now. So we took the major Charity Hammer with Out out of War guys and Adam and Falcon. We took that and we just pushed that off. If, if Able we will do that in the summer sometime, provided it works out. And we started looking at how do we do something with the utmost following of guidelines incredibly strictly. So there's a whole article being posted on our Facebook page that explains our guidelines. It's a lot. But the gist of it is we're going to do a smaller version of Charity Hammer. Uh, with eight locals, because locals are much easier to quarantine and everything. And uh, we're going to do that on January 15th to 17th with a little bit of a spin. Uh, w- normally, we do our charity for Child's Play, which is a charity that br- provides toys and games and video games and things for children's hospitals. Uh, we had a very close friend and lo- longtime close friend of Chuck and I, um who is a big a big member of the Pacific Northwest Warhammer community named Vince Price uh come down with with some pretty some pretty crazy bad cancer um and of course that is really hard on your family and there is also a massive financial disaster that happens when anyone in the United States gets cancer so uh we've pivoted this uh since we're doing two events this year we're doing this one uh for Vince's family and and also uh splitting the the donations also with fred hutchinson cancer research so we'll be doing a couple days of streaming i'm sorry with someone no no go on go on yeah we're gonna do a couple days of streaming we're gonna make about about uh i think it's like uh i think last year we made a hundred and something hours this is more like 80 hours of content it's less uh but it's going to include in a double elimination rtt with the basically the best players of the pacific northwest um playing the absolute best lists they possibly can those lists are being vetted and, and worked with, uh, Art of War is helping us with those. Um, and the, all the people you guys like from Charity Hammer, Mr. Falcon and Mr. Adam and the, and the Art of War guys and Alex McDougall, all those people are all going to participate as commentators on the RTT games. So we're going to have, um, a huge number of, I think it's 14 RTT games for a double, a person double elimination tournament. And we're going to have commentators the entire time. Before I I, I drop the big news about the commentators, I will say that if you want more information about this, go to CharityHammer.com. It has the agenda. It has everything. There's also a link to our Facebook page where you can say that you're interested in our online event, which will get you updated information. But now, the the big news. Uh, Falcon and I were working today on who the commentators should be. And what we realized is that we really needed some rhino. So here on the show, hey. I would like to formally invite Pablo to come commentate, at least it's virtual commentating, obviously, but virtually commentate one of our RTT games with whichever other host he, he deems appropriate. Think we- so I am honored.
0: I was actually just thinking I've never been asked to be on Charity Hammer. Not that, not that I'm salty about it. But I just, you know, you've got so many people, you're coordinating so many, so many people for this charity event, um, and it's perfectly okay. However, I would love to, there's just to help here. out Vincent Price. Oh, there's a buck. I don't care. I don't care. What, <laughs> the buck could be anything. Vincent Vincent <laughs> Price is one of the nicest guys I have ever met. He's an yeah, Imperial yeah. Knights player playing 40 i I've known him for years. He's always gone to the BAO. Um, he and his wife, you know, have shown up to events and hung out and he is just the sweetest guy ever. And I had no idea that charity hammer, um, in this month was going to be, uh, you know, helping him out. Um, anyways, so that's, that means a lot to me. Um, but what's the, but we'll get to that.
2: I thought you were gonna have a butt, but I'd love to help out. But I oh no no too. no
0: absolutely no no, there's no no butt <laughs> at wanna, all. I'm doing I do, it. I, I do, I'll I find my daughter. Or me, so, me someone will comment with you. me. I don't care. Well, I'll find someone out here.
2: I want to. I want to go on the record, though, Pablo. We can go back through the chat messages, but I'm relatively certain that we invited you to Charity Hammer last year. You know, you, you probably did.
0: You probably I just, did. I. Just you know to be what? Clear, <laughs> you know what that's probably true the other thing is and and this is probably the bigger reason why i've just completely drawn a blank on that invitation which i'm sure you did extend is because every january we're getting ready for lvo practice yeah and so like most of the time between the first and the end of the month i everything's just a black hole nothing so um i would love to commentate at charity hammer that that would be amazing thank you so much
2: every Every year someone says, How come Frankie and Reese aren't involved? And every year I say, because it's literally two weeks before I'll be on. Yes.
0: That's right? that's <laughs> that is, actually sounds about right.
2: That is mm. right. Um I did want to say one more thing. We are giving away a ton of a ton of product. Uh raffle tickets. basically every thirty dollars you donate gets your raffle ticket. The big prizes are two things. One is uh the um what is the big prize, Colin? Oh, the big prize is a uh, a commission-painted golden Necron two thousand-point tournament army. Oh my God! um That's the oh. that's the <laughs> raffle we'll give out at the end of the entire event. Um, that that army was actually originally well a bigger bulk of that army was actually a charitable auction at Nova. So we're actually paying that forward. I won that a couple of years ago, and we're we're auctioning a bunch of it off. Nice. Um, and then the other thing is that uh, there's going to be a bracket online for you to predict the RTT and the winner, whoever predicts that the best, wins a a new inbox Imperial Knight. So that's the other Mm -hmm. fun prize. But there will be prizes all throughout the weekend that you get Mm -hmm. by simply donating when you should have donated anyways. So there you go. That's my pitch. Charityhammer.com, guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Charityhammer.com Twitch, also I'm assuming any any Twitch bits you get, anything like that, shouts and stuff, will also go towards um, the grand Prize, absolutely true. Or the
2: uh, the grant yeah. yeah. It's the link. The links on charityhammer.com, but we're twitchtv bitpod I don't know if Pablo mentioned. For those who don't know, I'm from the Best in Infection podcast, and we're the hosts of it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely, it's a
0: great helping helping out a fellow gamer, having the opportunity to help out a fellow gamer and donate to cancer research, on top of winning. You know. A gorgeous Necron army and I've seen those Nova charity raffles that they, they give out they're legit you always get something cool so um, that's great that's exciting we have one final plug this is plug central right now at the beginning of chapter tactics uh, we mm-hmm. have possibly probably the largest singles 40k event happening uh, in Australia coming up
3: uh, the uprising yeah so Uh, Second last weekend of January, we have uh, essentially it's our uh, kind of CanCon replacement. Unfortunately, CanCon's run at a convention and therefore uh, it's just an impossible thing to plan during the state of the world. So uh, instead, Adelaide has picked up the slack and they're going to be putting on a three day, eight eight game super major. Well, I'm not quite sure it's going to be a super major. They've got 130 tickets sold so far, I believe. Um, On top of that, they've got the Australian Masters, so the best six... 16 player in- invitational one day event in the uh day prior to that, which will also be streamed. All this will be streamed um on the Art of War down under Twitch. Uh I'll be playing in the Masters, probably getting knocked out, but who knows? I might get my second uh Bridesmaids third sorry, thirds bridesmaids in a year. I've come third I've come second the last two years in a row at the Masters. So frustrating. But hey, I've got I've not played ninth edition, so you know, chances of be doing that again are very slim. Um, but yeah, so that is a eight-game, three-day event that'll be running from the Friday through to the Sunday, I believe, or is it the Saturday through to the Monday. But please pay attention. We do still have some COVID stuff going on. Some players might not be able to make it. Some restrictions or border restrictions might come in, which might change the metrics of what we're able to do. So please just tune in, pay attention to us on Art of War. Down under on the Facebook page or on our Twitch. We'll be having live updates rolling in. Right and on. On. We're it's
0: starting weird. off the year right, guys. I'm so excited. 2021 already looks better than 2020. We've got Charity Hammer coming up. In 11 days on the 15th, we've got the Las Vegas and Open, and then we have the Australian Masters, which you can watch live. Uh, well, Other
3: way around. They're, Other way they're around. happening. The, uh, it's going to be Las Vegas oh, okay. Open. Okay. So after. actually,
0: uh, I didn't catch the date. What was the date for the uprising of Australian Masters?
3: Ba, ba, ba. Let me just double check so I don't get it wrong. It is the weekend of the Okay, so 23rd. week before the
0: Las Vegas Open. Got it. Yep.
3: Man, it's it's gonna be a lot a of week after us. So it's actually it's actually kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna have three weeks of incredible content to engage with. Unfortunately not in person, but you know, better yep, than nothing. Three three <laughs> weeks in a row. I love it. All right. Let's talk about the planning.
0: So the the four of us, uh we've we've planned our fair share of Warhammer forty K community things, events and whatnots. Um I think it's safe to say that uh we are four people who've put a lot of time and effort and our own money uh and resources into the community um and uh, you know i i hope this doesn't come off as a uh, as um too much a toot in my own horn here but um i think the four of us are are really good representatives of you know what a uh, Content creator and community leader should be uh, me. Not always. I do get in a little little too many arguments online. However, uh, I do my best, um, and I do try to give back to the community that has given so much to me. So, because of this, we are busy dudes, and we also are planners, and we, we get a lot done. But uh, I know me personally, um, it, a lot of it comes from setting goals for ourselves uh, and. Uh, kind of setting a plan forward for you know our respective content and what we want to do. So I want to talk about what your New Year's resolutions are um or what your long-term one year plans are uh for 2021. Because you know 2020 um was basically uh null it's gone. Uh, we don't know when 2021, when COVID is going to end in 2021. However, I we do see the end in sight. Uh and there is a very, very good chance that in 2021, halfway through the year, we'll be back to normal. We'll have everything, you know, we'll have we'll be able to enact the plans that we've been planning. Um, so because of that, I, I, I see 2021 as a um, a big stepping stone year for people who who want to step it up and take it to the next level and enact the plans they want. So we'll start with Colin. Colin, what are, what are some things that you want to see BiffPod do in the future uh, a year from now? What are some things personally that you want to accomplish uh, in terms of warmer 40K and hobby-related things?
2: Yeah, so we're we're using this uh, small, kind of mini charity hammer as a test bed for a whole bunch of tech that we haven't made work before. Um, the live commentating, uh, better, better cameras, better audio. We bought lapel mics and soundboards and we're trying to really take our production quality to the next level. And the idea is if we can figure out how all well that works, all of that will just roll over to the bigger event to Charity Hammer proper. Uh, this event's called Hammer Out Cancer. The proper one later in the year will be called Charity Hammer. Um, so that's kind of the show's goal. Um, however, the show, and I speak for both my by co-host when I say, we miss talking about tournaments. So the show, like, One of my resolutions is that that the show will go back to its original format of talking primarily about tournaments, but I'm not in control of that. It's just a thing that I would like to have happen. I'd like a lot of things to happen, COVID going away being one of them, uh, but I would like the show to be able to talk about tournaments more, Um, so we'll hope for that. On a personal level, uh, there's a couple things. One is I started a project uh, two months ago of building and painting an army on my own. For those that don't know, my wife is an incredibly talented artist, um, to the degree where she has her own business that's doing well, and she doesn't actually want to spend time on my tiny Warhammer dudes anymore. Um, And so I thought that was a good opportunity for me to try to paint an army, Mm -hmm. and I'm about uh, probably a third of the way through painting a Marine army. Uh, Very basic, purple and gold, like my Huskies where I went to college um very very, they look pretty good they're not gonna win any awards but i'm really proud of them and i'm gonna try to get them at least what what lvo would consider tournament ready versus what stephanie considers tournament ready which are different from each other but what lvo would consider tournament ready uh by two weeks from now so that's my short-term goal and then my long-term goal is that stephanie and i are uh, realizing that covid's been a bad year for weight and that may not seem like a 40k goal but it is um i there's about 60 pounds of fluctuation in my weight uh depending on when you've seen me over the past few years and i'm a, i'm at almost my heaviest from a bunch of reasons covid being one of them and i realized that a bonus of losing weight is that i play 40k much better i do tournaments better i have better endurance mm-hmm. i play a late round games significantly better as we looked back my performance is actually better like we can track it based on my weight so i'm going to use the idea that tournaments are going to happen again and i'm going to go to them i'm going to use that as a carrot to do the thing that i should do anyways because like i'm a dad and stuff and i should take back care of myself so that isn't really a 40k goal exactly but to me it is a 40k goal if that makes sense
0: that's that's a brilliant goal and i i I wish you the best in doing that. I hope that the next time I see you we're both you know fitter looking more honed competitive individuals uh, because that is also one of my year goals. Um, but yeah there's absolutely correlation between um, you know even competitive mental games like esports chess um, m- magic uh, where you know being physically not not like fit like a you know an Adonis but just being you know more healthy it's just better for your overall mindset, and you're able to compete better. So,
2: well, I mean, Pablo, I, the, the game you play that's the hardest yeah. game is usually when you're the most tired. Not, and yep. it's not, it's not because you're the most tired. It's because if you're winning, you're going to have your hardest game near the end, which is of course, Pablo, why we always play each other near the end of the tournament. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> uh, but I've just noticed, like, especially our game at Boise, where I just played terribly against you. Um, I really felt like I was exhausted that entire day. That doesn't help you. And that doesn't happen if you take care of yourself. So that's going to be my goal. Yeah, absolutely.
3: That is a great goal. I, yeah, I freaking love All it. All right,
2: man. Adam, you're next.
0: You spoke up.
3: All right. So um, I've got, oh man, so so many, so many irons in the fire that I was hoping to have uh, come to fruition in 2020. But um, in 2021, I hope in one way, shape or form to have come to a resolution of whether or not I can turn commentary into profession something i can do and dedicate myself to and really uh kind of build a life around Um, because commentary is the thing i'm most passionate about especially commentary for 40k i want to be able to do that for a job and that is i guess that is my biggest my biggest pipe dream secondary to that i want to attend and participate in every single team's tournament i'm able to attend a single singles singles to me it almost seems second <laughs> fiddle. Like if I can go to a, if I go to a singles event, yeah, cool, singles event, awesome. But if I I want to get I want to get to every teams event. And I want to play with new people, different people, exciting people. I want to share those experiences. And um, yeah, I just want to make some awesome memories uh, in the scene again. And oh, I, when I, I was sitting thinking and reminiscing with some friends, and the the ATCs and WTCS and things of like that, I've attended have been the best 40k memories that I've made while playing the game. Like even winning majors and GTs and stuff hasn't compared to like coming third at a team event with my mates and so I think that's something nice. I want to invest heavily in. Now Peter, to
2: say that I wish every turn What does the Falcon
3: want tournament?
0: to do? What w- Peter, what does the Falcon want to do with with 40kstats.com in the future? Uh, 40kstats.com. Um
1: I don't think I need to do anything with it. I want <laughs> It's perfect. <laughs> no, no, it's not perfect, but I I like I want in the coming year I want people to come together. I think that's the big thing for me. Um, This last year, we had a lot of plans. Adam was kind of party to them for the Ocho after LVO. We got really excited. We were going to do BAO, maybe SoCal, kind of really firm up how we handled commentary um, and make it kind of like the best 40K has seen. We had all these ideas, and then of course, you know, COVID happened, so we obviously couldn't do any of it. Um, But the Nopen has really kind of sparked my interest in doing more with everyone that loves this game. Um, like, really? all the guys—like, when, when when I was getting, like, the Nopen prepared, it was basically, like, the day after Reese announced LVO was canceled, um, Paul Murphy was like, man— wouldn't it be cool if we could do something? And I immediately was like, yes, we can do something. Let's get started. And um, Adam was murdered in DMs by me um, because I was spamming literally like everyone. (laughs) We could do this. I was talking to And as we started prepping for the event and I I started talking to like other streamers and the excitement from them about this concept of like doing something together with other people that love this game, it just makes me want to do it more. And I don't see why we don't. Um, so I want to, my resolution for this year from a Warhammer perspective is t- to just build more community involvement, more than we ever did with StatCenter because Stat Center was kind of built on that same premise of get the community to, to, to know how big it really was and how many good players there were and, but not just that, like to get the message out there. And so I want to continue. I want to make that better. Um, I want to bring back stat center in a different way. I'm not sure if we can bring it back the same way until June or July, maybe um, of like actually doing full on commentary on events, but I want to get all these people that are good at this game together in the same place and make stuff like this happen more often. Um, Like the Nopin, like all this. I think that's my big, my big 40 K goal. I also need to finish painting my Custodies army. That's kind of a resolution. Um, like Colin, I am on a weight loss plan because while I had lost about 80 pounds a year and a half ago, I've probably put 30 on since COVID started, which mm-hmm. is not my favorite thing. So I've got to, uh, I do have a goal of by um, May this coming year to be back down to that lower weight, and then we'll see if I how far down I can continue. Um, so I've got lots of plans, but the big overarching goal for 40K for me – is to continue to build community involvement amongst each other, like to get all these big streamers and stuff together and being awesome.
0: Right on, yeah. This is great. This is good stuff. I'm so pumped. I feel like I feel like I'm at like a Tony Robinson of an arm. Just like let's go, like let's do this right now. Motivated. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I've uh, a lot of my goals are in line with the with all of yours, uh, which which is very cool to me because uh, shows that you know. Maybe my mind is on the right track. Um, absolutely, uh, join Fit Forty K. Absolutely, plan on getting um, uh, fit. Uh, I'm at the heaviest I've ever been in my life, um, and I want to change that. Um, and then, yeah, take the podcast, grow that. Uh, I don't know what direction Chapter Tactics is going to go. It's it's been a formula. It's been around. You know, it's been around a while. Um, I kind of want to give more back to my patrons um, in terms from a content perspective, uh, but there are a lot of plans at frontline gaming um, that I'm really excited um, to work on. I've got two business proposals that I've got uh, ready to pitch to Reese and Frankie that I'm just waiting on a couple things on. that will be business plans. I've never done that before. And if they do work, then uh, one of my biggest dreams um, in the community will, will finally happen, which is, which is big. Um, And then another one is one I definitely can't tell you about. Uh, but yeah, that's that's basically it. So just becoming a more professional PDPob. Mm. Um, solidify my place at, at Frontline Gaming and, and the community. But anyways, enough of that. Let's talk about the listeners. So you came to this podcast to hear us talk about a goal building and a objective goal. A basically building objective efficient goals to make you a better 40k player uh so i did i'm going to link um on youtube i'm going to link a timestamp to this point 30 minutes in the podcast so if you want to skip most of it uh you know you can you're welcome welcome uh youtubers who just want to get to the title and the content um i love you all anyways even if you don't listen to my long intros
1: yeah
0: i don't so no, no one does. I don't. I don't listen to them at all. I skip by them. That's, Wait, we're, that's we're on
2: a show right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, we just got through the introduction. We've got another hour to go. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> anyways, Great. I hope people like it. I, I hope so too. We'll, we'll see. But um, anyway, so let's talk about goals now. So in the research I did, there there are generally three kinds of of goals that are productive more than just new year's resolution wishy-washy i don't know what to do uh, unplanned goals the kind of goals that that you, you'd put out on your facebook post and then forget about until facebook reminds you of you a year later um, for the next year so uh, there are productive ways to set goals for yourself. Uh, a lot of them do come down to a uh, realistic goal setting, which is uh, not a type of goal, but I think that's probably one of the cornerstones of goal setting is, is just set realistic goals for yourself. Um, So I, I don't want to, you know, just kind of vomit out the the same boring stuff that you hear consistently because that stuff is overdone and we've actually done it on this podcast before. I want to talk about the three specific goals, types of goals that you can set for yourself. So the first one I have, um, is, uh, outcome goals. So these, these are, uh, uh, the goals that everyone's most familiar with. Uh, we actually mentioned some outcome goals, the best one being the, uh, all of us, you know, being fit, uh, and, and working to improve our, our physical health. Um, essentially what an outcome goal is is you're achieving an end result uh our end result is uh either a, a weight loss or a specific number uh or a an end result that that happens because we've hit uh uh that number or a part of our physical fitness that enables us to do something so there's an end uh insight um in Peter's case he added on a little extra which I I liked which was he's going to lose that 30 pounds and then some you'll see where we go from there so that's an outcome goal plus um so these are very good for for athletes specifically who who have one track minds who have a very specific end game outcome that they want right so um for our, in our hobby it could be something like I want to win the ITC I want to win You know, the BAO. I want to uh, have, you know, Colin invite me uh, onto the Charity Hammer stream to commentate. Like, whatever your outcome goal is, that's, that's, you got to focus on the end result and everything else around the goal that you've crafted is achieving that result. So, Colin, Adam, and Peter, uh, I I talked a lot about outcome goals. What are some outcome goals that you've seen, uh, you know, either yourself you've used or you've seen, good players use that you've heard where they've talked to you like maybe over dinner or um uh in an interview uh where they absolutely had an outcome goal and it worked out uh and you got to see them enact their goal but in, in action
1: this episode
0: is brought to you by hp instant ink no one is reading your mind but hp instant ink knows when your printer is running low
1: and sends you new cartridges so
0: you never have to think about ink Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash instantinkspotify. Okay, so we had a brief little pause there. Uh, the Warp decided to come in and to nuke the podcast, but we're back. Adam, Peter, and Colin are here. And uh, to recap the question was what are some what are some um uh, situations and examples you've seen of players in 40k who have um result-oriented goals um outcome goals that they've said that they wanted and then succeeded on you can include yourself too uh and then this is roundtable anyone can talk
3: about this well i know for i know personally for myself and i can Maybe even speak a little bit for Colin, seeing as the name of his podcast was Best in Faction, and he <laughs> started with the intent of that, of that being the, the moniker and the thing that they were known for. But I, I've certainly had years or even seasons where I've intended to finish XYZ in rankings or have one XYZ amount of tournaments per year. Um, I know, I've, so I was best guard player for two years in a row through I think it was 2017, 2018, and the 2018 season I intended was it 2017, to come first place in Australia. And uh, so I worked my ass towards uh, ass off for that goal. And I didn't reach it. I came third. Um, it was actually a real big bummer. It took me a little bit to recover from that because I don't think I was very realistic with how I was going about it, if that makes sense for this discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I found one good list, one great list that I was very good at playing and I just played that for the whole season rather than moving with the meta, moving with the times. Because what happened was Eldar came out and my Baneblades Blades could only hit elder, most Eldar armies on sixes, and therefore I could no longer produce the same results and all the metrics and math that I was basing my army being or good occasionally on. occasionally sevens. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, all the metrics and all the terms and conditions I would based all my knowledge upon was no longer valid. And yet yeah, I still persisted and tried to make that army work. And that's because I, I just think I was a little bit immature when it came to um, evaluating my own expectations of myself and my own abilities. I overestimated my abilities and underestimated. Um, everybody else's, I guess.
2: That's funny, because 2018 is when my co-host won Best Guard. Yeah, for the world. Yeah,
3: I remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, I because
2: Hellhounds um, were broken. Yeah, the Atemia oh, patterns.
0: Ridiculous, man. So, mm. uh, and actually, Colin, if I remember correctly, you were you were also Astro Militarum Best in Faction the year before? No, or no. Or you were shooting for I've never won a Best in Faction award. Oh, okay. Well, you were close. I remember you were one of the top guard players um, starting out your breakout year. Was it 2006, 2017, 2016? 2017, it's been so long now.
2: 2017, I think? I think it was 2017. But I, I, uh, I, but I know where Adam's coming from. I actually uh, I think the Best in Faction Awards are inter- interesting because only one person can win it, right? Mm. And so that's a rough goal uh and i had when i've had that as a goal before and then halfway through the season several times i softened it to maybe top 10 would be fine i'd be really happy with top 10 <laughs> but yeah <laughs> it, it's a it that's a rough one adam especially trying to do it from trying to do that goal from australia particularly hard right especially Extremely. for years ago where you guys didn't have nearly as many tournaments as you do now
3: Mm. I think uh, what that taught me and a couple of other things have taught me that um the the best thing when setting goals is to have an appropriate amount of self-reflection and um be able to look look at yourself uh honestly and manage your expectations. <laughs> i Mm -hmm. think it's it's very easy especially when i was a a lot younger to be like i'm the best i will be the best you just watch me and uh it didn't it worked out a lot less than it worked (laughs) so it worked out the opposite a lot a lot more often than it worked out the positive um that makes sense so yeah i I think it's just something that happens as people mature but in the realms of 40k uh and the realms of tournaments it's really really important to to manage your expectations to go into a tournament um with a a realistic goal not one saying "oh," because like, like colin said for a tournament winning a tournament is an unrealistic goal for if actually actually for the vast majority of people. Of, the vast majority is only gonna be one winner there's only gonna be, it's only gonna be two first two first and second losers um, <laughs> but uh yeah so uh, for uh, to me winning winning i never set out to win a tournament when i go to a tournament i set out to do as well as i can do and usually that's a five and one or a four and one depending on how many games it is um if i get myself to t whip if so i get myself to to four or five games undefeated that is an absolute pass in every every sense of the word for me
0: yeah there's a big pitfall with outcome oriented goals specifically and that's that you both talked about it um the problem i guess not the problem the the issue the thing you want to be wary of when creating an outcome goal for yourself is You do need to come up with a process to achieve that outcome goal, right? And actually, the two other goals we talk about help that as well uh, with achieving your outcome goal. But you definitely want to start with some sort of of outcome or ending if that's what you want. Uh, One perfect example I have um, is almost every ITC, I think every ITC champion who's ever won the ITC since I started, every single one of them has has started the season off strong and kept that momentum going uh with of course some waves you know waves and roller coaster rides uh and then ended the season and won the ITC all of them i've had on the podcast uh both before and after um actually i think except for maybe the first one uh the guy i'm going to talk about right now <clears throat> um and all of them mentioned you know just going to as many tournaments as they can uh and uh, of course, they wanted to win the ITC, but that, was, that wasn't that was necessarily the outcome that they wanted. The outcome that they wanted was was just to do well and be be the best, right? Um, so they weren't very specific about it. Uh, Adam, uh, Alan Bojmovic, or PJ Pants, uh, was actually the guy who won the ITC the year I started playing Warhammer 40k. And there's a really good picture of me sitting down at the LVO with him over a laptop and he's showing me a spreadsheet of all of the potential outcomes of the LVO top eight and the people who can not, who could not come out of the ITC uh, to win. Um, He was just very formulaic about it the entire time. Every time I talked to him in a tournament, he was like, okay, you know, I've got this broadside bash and one other event coming up. I need to win one of those to get this many points to, 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 you know still be in contention or to be the favorite to win the ITC. He was just he was very methodical about it uh and he was probably one of the best examples I've seen of an outcome goal oriented person who had one outcome goal in mind which was to win the ITC and then do everything that they can could in their power uh to achieve that goal and to make sure they were always on point. And it's kind of how I imagine athletes um uh who not like team sports athletes but like individual sport athletes like like tiger woods serena williams uh, athletes who have specific goals in mind that they can achieve they don't have to rely on anyone else it's just to the them it's just one mindset and um it, it's almost a way of life even so uh it's very very interesting um i am not that kind of person uh mm. i cannot i cannot look at i cannot tunnel vision on one goal one outcome that i want and warp my whole life even for a year um or not my, maybe not necessarily my whole life, but uh, warped kind of the, the way I think around that one specific outcome for a whole year. Um, and maybe that's why I haven't won a 40k tournament. But anyways, that's a very, very important skill to have if you're that kind of person. Peter, do you have anything else to add to that?
2: I'd actually I mean, like to make a comment, if oh, you don't ahead, mind, about, yeah, about yeah, exactly course. what you were saying. I think it's an important note on those goals. Those are objective goals. Those are big. This is what's going to happen. Um I would I've known, uh, you know, Richard Siegler since bef- before he was in the running um, and John Lennon before he was in the running. And I-, I think it's important to note that a lot of people that win the ITC start off with an incremental goal, which I don't know if it's one of the different ones we're talking about. But they start off with an incremental goal, which is I'm going to win this tournament. I'm going to this tournament. I'm going to win it. And then after they've won a certain number of them, then they look at what's going on and then they realize, oh, hey, I could win the ITC. And I bet there's a lot of that, right? A lot of halfway through the year, realizing, oh, hey, I could actually turn this into an objective goal. I could win the ITC. Because until you have a certain number of tournament wins under your belt, it's not even a thing to think about, right? So I think that's interesting for goal as as uh, accomplishing goals go. It's like, sometimes it's just, let's just start. I just have to start on this piece of it that I actually can control. Like I'm just gonna, like Adam said, I'm just going to go to the best I can. Yeah that that's actually another really good point too is and you you
0: talked about this too a little bit where where you talked about um resetting your goal from best winning best of action to making the top 10 right uh, i think the goal becomes more realistic the more information you have right and so you, you're 100% correct um all the people that have been in the running to win ITC like Jim Vessel Richard Siegler's Brandon Grants they none of them actually started off the season with the intent to win the ITC champion. Right. At, at least at least um, seriously, I'm sure they all, you know, aspired to it. Um, but for for my conversations with most of them, they didn't. It wasn't something that they were absolutely dead set on. It was really like an adepticon win or a BAO win or some major term win that sparked the idea. And then from there, they thought, well, let's see if I win a couple more tournaments, and then the more tournaments they win, the more realistic of a goal it
3: became. Mm. So let me um, see if let me see if this is right for. And uh, now this is coming from an, Astra- uh, an Australian. So I don't know crap about your Super Bowl, but you don't worry about <laughs> winning the Super Bowl until you're in a, in the Super Bowl. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, you. Yes, you. The the actual goal is uh, though I mean, everyone, every NFL player does it differently, but there's there's steps, right? You have to win your division to make the playoffs. Making the playoffs is the most important thing, and then when you make the playoffs, it's kind of uh, kind of established that. Any team has a shot, right? Like once you make the tournament, you make the playoffs, it's you know, you just have to win three games and you're in the Super Bowl. And then from the Super Bowl, you have a 50-50 shot at being immortalized. That's kind of that's kind of the mentality. It's so, it, there's
2: a lot more to it than that. But that's actually a great example of what I was describing because mm. uh, Pete Carroll, who's the Seahawks coach, for those that don't follow football, um, he's one of the more ex- not the most successful coach ever, but he's one of the top. He's probably gonna be a Hall of Famer someday. He wrote a book called Always Compete amazing book good for 40k good for football good for parenting just a great book and one of the things he talks about is that they never talk about the playoffs they just go he just talks about go one and all every week every game is the same every game is a championship every game is my opportunity to win every game is our opportunity to show that we're good winners every game is an opportunity and I think that that's Strongly, how the people that win the ITC do it, right? I'm just going to win every game. No, okay, now I'm winning tournaments. I'll just win every tournament, right? It's just what if, what's right in front of me. So great, ex- yeah. great, 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 great example.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, go ahead, Peter. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. This is all great stuff.
1: I mean. Um, the concept that uh, that Colin put forth, this kind of incremental growth goal system, it's how I've always done anything that I was serious about. So when I said earlier in the show that I lost 80 pounds about like a year and a half ago, um, that was very much an incremental goal system where I set goals that were attainable in, in, in the immediate, uh, and then I had stretch goals for the end where I said – okay, I am this many pounds now. I, at the time, I was 310. Um, and I said, I need to be, uh, I would like to be 220. That would be, that was my stretch goal. And I said, in one year, my stretch goal is 220. But to start off, in three months, I want to be at X weight. And I wrote it all out and I worked out, and then you, and then I did the studies and I t- talked to dietitians, nutritionists, and I said, like, how do I accomplish that without killing myself? And once I came out with a plan, it was minimal goals. It was, I want to lose X amount of pounds in three weeks. Um, And it was very small, but the concept was, if I can do that, I can do the next step. Um, And the goals can be as small as you want at first. Um, For me, for example, because I was such a, I ate so much junk food. One of my top goals early on was just like walking by the chip aisle and be, and not buying a bag of chips at the grocery store. <laughs> and that was a big like and I would make sure yeah. that I noted it as I walked by I'd be like you're not going down there, keep going and I'd get something else. And it's the same for me whenever I've been competitive about anything when it comes to uh sports or games it's always I have an end goal in mind like I want to do this. I don't uh but I'm not but I have all these other goals so that I can still celebrate my own success. Um so I say um going into this next event, I would love to win it. That's my stretch goal. I don't think I can though because I don't have I didn't do the pre-work that I needed to do, whether it's reps or whatever. So my goal is I'm going to go 3 and 2. I'm comfortable with my list, I'm comfortable with my ability. 3 and 2 is my my goal. I have a stretch goal of winning. And uh, so that k- keeps me in a positive attitude throughout the ga- uh, throughout my games so that, you know, if I lose that first game, if I get pitted against Richard Kilton and he just mauls me um, after I get a bye in the first round of SoCal Open, my first major I've ever attended, um, like, that is the kind of thing where, like, I won't get hurt by it. I'll just keep pushing forward. Um, and then... And then, like when I'm setting goals that I think are important to me, the way I know and the and this could be for anybody is I write stuff down i I take it like I would take my old projects for project management, I lay out what are the um what are the barricades that are going to like that are going to stop me from achieving this goal? How do I get around them? what are the resolutions to those possible issues um what are the steps I need to take, and then you really dive into it um An example of someone, because you mentioned you wanted examples from other players, um, Boris Michev, uh, last year, um, he owns the Bad Moon Cafe uh, over in the UK, really cool spot. He messaged me once early in the ITC season and said, I'm going to be on 40K Stats Center. Um, Hmm. And I was like, cool. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. How do I get on? I was like, we got to win an event. And he said, awesome. I will win an event. Um, and I know that he had, I believe he'd signed up to like art of war coaching with Nick. It may have been nights of the game table at the time. I'm not quite sure, but he had signed up for that. He was like, I'm going to do my studies. I'm going to make a possible list. And then I'm going to buy a gaming store. Um, so I can run my own events and win them. And that's what he did.
0: Peter, did we lose you buddy?
2: Uh, no, I'm mm. still here. We heard buy a gaming store and then you went away.
1: Oh, so yeah. He so uh, so he he started a gaming store and started running GTs, and then he didn't tell me that he owned that gaming store, and so we interviewed him when he won his first GT at this gaming store that he owned. <laughs> and, um, so suspicious. Really... I don't know, but um, now Boris is a really good guy. He he even shadow rounded last year at the LVO, so like mm. really really good player and just a funny guy. So he achieved his goal. He worked to it. Uh, but when you're setting goals, make sure they're attainable. But not only that, like you have to build out your strategy to achieve them. Don't just say like, I'm going to win the LVO and walk into the LVO and then wonder why you lost. Like there's, there's steps in that process. And yeah, also, absolutely. if you,
3: if you want to guarantee you're going to win a tournament, you do need to own your own, uh, own store. Like just it. Yeah, that's, out there. that's the first stretch goal: is the purchasing and running of your own tournaments at your oh, own man. store. Just
2: start your own business, anyways. Uh, I didn't like, the like that entire- at first, but I decided, you know, the kids <laughs> don't need to go to college. So, <laughs>
0: uh, all right. So we, we actually talked about the second goal a lot, um, and and I'm glad Peter brought up uh, incremental goals. Uh, the next one is performance goals. So performance goals are goals that you that you use specifically to measure yourself up to a past version of yourself, right? So athletes use this to trim seconds off their hundred yard dash or, uh, to, uh, run fast, you know, run a faster mile or in, in 40 K sense, uh, you would use performance goals not to achieve an outcome because you don't necessarily care about an outcome. You care more about the, you care more about your own personal performance and getting better. Right. Mm. And so the best 40k goal performance goals examples I use, or I've seen, are playing a faster game, right? So finishing your turns with, instead of 20 minutes left on the clock, finishing a game with 30 minutes left on the clock. Um, uh, Not losing to Space Marines so well, not giving up so many points. Uh using or scoring more points on primaries that's another great performance goal that i see a lot of people struggling with um Mm. the the idea of of losing points on primaries that you could have won picking better secondaries uh which is a performance goal and essentially you're getting more secondary points on average for your games than you normally wouldn't so this is a step below outcome goals you can absolutely use a performance goal to achieve an outcome goal Right, but a performance goal is great for shoring up specific parts of your game that you know you need to work on to improve. You don't necessarily have to use that to win the Lvo, but if you if there's something that bothers you, like if you're just a slow player and you're always losing your games because of time or you're always feeling time pressure. One performance goal for you might be making your game more efficient. Uh, That could be organizing your models pregame, picking, uh, knowing your roster in and out. Maybe it's a communication thing. Maybe you just need to be able to talk to your opponents in a more efficient and communicative way. There's a variety of ways to improve that. It's ultimately up to you to decide where your performance is lacking and where you want to improve. And then assign that uh, a number or a... assign that uh, a goal based on your past self or past performance, and then you work to improve that. Um, so uh, I think the three of us, or the the, the th- me plus the three of you, the four of us, uh, I think we've all worked on parts of our game at one point or another on a micro level. I know I've absolutely talked to Colin about it for sure. Um, and I've heard enough from Peter and a- uh, Adam to assume that the four of us care about specific parts of the game we know we're aware of of where we lack uh what we lack as players and what we're what our strengths are so what are what is something that you don't necessarily have to follow this uh but what is something that you think of setting a performance goal for yourself would absolutely increase your performance in a specific part of warmer 40k
2: oh man i came up with stories of that and now you want future looking was curveball
0: just this is round table you can talk about whatever you want you don't know, well, you don't have to answer my question
2: <laughs> well, You can just talk well all right then uh, <laughs> i I, th- I could talk about playing Tyranids to learn close combat because that's a thing i i've played entire armies to learn things like i played tau for six five tournaments i think just because i wanted to make sure i understood how to make them win um but the bigger thing I think people do, and I think there's a way to do it constructively, is when I started playing competitively, I had to beat Mitch, my co-host. Mitch Pelham was the top player in our state, and I kept losing to him at tournaments. I had to beat him if I was going to make any of my goals. So I, in that case, I befriended him and learned his secrets. But, <laughs> but like that's a thing. And then, and then my first just profoundly terrible loss was also my garden trying to hit all darn sevens at him was I lost to Eldar at a tournament to a wonderful guy named Matt Johansson uh, out of Idaho. And then I said to myself, well, I have to beat Matt. If I'm going to be the best player in my area and I'm going to win all these tournaments, I have to beat Matt. What's Matt play? Matt plays Eldar. Okay, I better learn Eldar. Uh, And so to me, that's that's actually a big part of how I do things. It's like... I need to understand this army. I need to know how to beat this. I have to be able to beat this specific thing. I have to learn this thing. So that's what you made me think of, Pablo. That's not your future-looking answer, but that's the that's what, oh, the thing, that's that's what you're good, making me think of.
3: So a good, no, it's a really good performance goal. Yeah, yeah so I had one. So I played an RTT and was, was lucky enough to... Uh, I won an RTT. Who cares? It happens. Um, Woo! Yeah, well, watch out, guys. Send <laughs> the world on fire over here. But uh, uh, what came out of it was that I, I built and designed a list to find out if... Raise banners was a good secondary that i wanted to play does that make sense and the answer is no um the answer is yes with, with a maybe if you build for oh. it you can you can do it consistently but you can never bank on getting 15s you're never going to get 15s like there's so Fair many enough. missions where it's not even a, a possibility because you don't have enough objectives and i really wish GW would change that and make it scaling like it's, if it's a four objective mission you get two points for raised banners or something um but you know you can't have it all and so yeah like just things as simple as that i want to know if my the army that i play is good at x uh secondary so i i took x secondary for every game of an rtt even when it didn't make sense to i just took it anyway um and at the end i I, I left with a a really good working knowledge of um how it works and how i want to play it and the things i need to put have in my list to guarantee it's going to be worthwhile Uh, it could be something as simple as that hell it could be as simple as guaranteeing that you leave uh, a three-round event with 30 points because you paint you got you're going to get the 10 points for battle ready every game it could be as simple as that if you wanted it to be
0: yeah absolutely um Peter, do you have anything to add to this? No, I think. Well, I do
1: because I always do. But uh, fair it's, enough. It's just hey. going to be to repeat what other people said uh, mm-hmm. and sound like I'm
0: also intelligent. All right. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> but like ah! I, think I think we're all reasonably intelligent. So, but like I
1: would say, a big thing um, that Colin said is something that I've always held to, and it's something I've noticed from a lot of the better players is like this: a willingness to. Break outside of your own bubble, but also understand, and it go, kind of goes back to this, what are the barriers in achieving a goal? Um, outside of Warhammer, a long time ago, I used to play a lot of ping pong or table tennis, depending on Ooh. on the, the rule set, but I played a lot of it, a lot, a lot, in university. And the guy that taught me how to play, I could never beat him. I could beat literally everybody else, but not him. And it became this big gap for me. And how do I beat him? Because that was going to be my goal. Um... But it's like it these are the things you need to, to kind of look at when you're when you're kind of creating this. Um, in terms of Warhammer, like Colin, I will pick up armies um or borrow armies to play. Just to learn them, because I think that is very important and it's something that everybody should do um, to kind of get to these these next steps, like picking up a close combat army to figure it out um, or an army that's more finesse. If you think it is, um, those are all really big things that that are relatively easy to accomplish. If you've got friends, at least um, if you don't want to put the time into <laughs> doing it yourself. So
2: I like I mean, you, it's easy too uh falcon right you can have a friend over and just swap armies with them for that game yeah you have to you have to do some homework before that probably unless it's your normal practice partner and you're like really comfortable with their stuff but uh we've chuck and i have talked about that chuck's my main my other co-host and my main practice mm-hmm. partner we've talked a number of times about having him over and literally just swapping armies because like there's a bunch of like i've won a lot with uh way back when you played double Kraken gene stealer and until you played with that army or had tons of reps against it no one ever realized how far that they were going to go right Mm. pablo you ran into that oh yeah i was (laughs) just thinking about that i I remember those gene stealers you're like yeah those go really far (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah, that was yeah i remember that that was a that was a fun (laughs) bao um so uh let's go and talk about um the final goal right so this is uh, a goal on a micro level. So we talked about outcome goals, which are very much big picture macro goals that you set for yourself. And then we kind of uh, zoomed in a little bit with uh, performance goals, which are which are definitely more personal, uh, but still have a larger impact overall. And then finally, let's talk about process goals. So process goals are the absolute microest of micro goals you can achieve. Uh, what a process goal is, is you're honing a specific skill or action to perfection to up your game so this is the uh bruce lee quote fearing the one person who does the same move a thousand times versus one master who knows a thousand different moves uh this is very much your your scalpel i need to do this one thing so in 40k it's a little harder to translate to however we do have our own personal um process goals that we do go through, uh, I actually have one, w- which is um, movement, precise movement. I have a, a very specific way I hold the tape measure. It's it's just, it's practiced. It's something, it's my most efficient way. And the reason why I have this way is not so that I can be accurate. It's so that I know where my zoning is. I know what zoning looks like, what my zones of influence are for, for miniatures and models. And it's something that I've been working on that I constantly work on. Uh, to me, the movement phase is the most important part of Warhammer 40k uh, and if you don't have a precise movement phase even if you have a great army that's where you're going to lose first it's not actually going to be the dice it's going to be you, you not having a good movement phase and that's actually where I believe where the the best players uh, the biggest gap between the best and worst players are is specifically the movement phase so uh, this is the, the micro uh, goal that you want to achieve for yourself. It doesn't have anything to do with performance. Uh, you, you just you want to do this one thing well, po- potentially even better than everyone else. Uh, now, I, d- I don't want to jump into going into too much about this goal because I think you all get the message, uh, but I do want to talk about some media that I've found that that have kind of shown all of these goals in action. And that's the Rocky films. So if you watch the Rocky mm. films, you actually see Rocky go through all three of these goals. He goes through through not just one film, but all the films. So he goes through the outcome goal, right? He wants to beat Apollo Creed. He wants to beat the opponent, whoever that is. Uh, the performance goals. He wants to do it in a very specific way. Um, in uh, you know Rocky Four. 3 Rocky 3 the the one the one with drago Ivan Drago um you know he he very much want needs to toughen himself up you know uh and then um he goes into specifics with with uh feet movement in in Rocky Rocky 3 beating clubber lang um so it's it's it, I, I use the rocky movies as an example because i like the rocky movies but um really really you you see that all the time in in stories and in media you you see Uh, kind of the protagonists go through the goals that they want and deal with their trials and tribulations um, by setting different goals for themselves. And then it all culminates into one big thing, you know, the final match where you see them like shift their foot to the left. And you remember Mm -hmm. like, Oh, that's when the sensei taught them, like they need to shift their foot to the left to survive this one specific attack. That's example of a process goal.
3: Um, It's, it's great. It's really good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, re- I really think the best example of this came in Rocky Seven: Adrian's Revenge. Oh um, my god! Uh, <laughs> uh, man, I can't. I can't be on chapter text without getting at least one the Simpsons <laughs> reference in. That's fair. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I absolutely agree. Like you know, it, it, it essentially if you can look back on your change, your you know your change towards victory and uh, make a montage out of it, you're doing pretty well. I figure you know, because that's one thing I took from the Rocky movies. But actually, I actually agree with you. Like as as crazy it might sound, I think it's actually a really good example.
2: Um, as crazy as agreeing uh, with Pablo sounds, uh-huh. yeah,
3: I know. Uh, yeah, he makes some good points. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's actually it's actually uh, an interesting example. That I like quite a lot because yeah, you do just see him go through defeat as well. And I think that's something. I, I mean, I want to speak for a, a wide swathe of the community, but I can certainly speak for my immediate friends and for myself. Don't deal with disappointment as as well as maybe some other facets of society do. Don't deal with um unrequited expectations, you know, know, unmet goals, unmet expectations. Mm -hmm. And that's something like a level of resilience is really needed in 40k. And a, a level of I think I was talking on about it before a level of maturity that caused you to look inwards rather than looking outwards for reasons why you didn't you didn't reach your goals. It's very easy to blame dice. It's very easy to blame medalists or he used that he played that blah 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 blah. But I, I really yep. like the proactive uh, things that Colm was talking about. Just being willing to play and get outside your comfort zone. Play the lists you don't usually play. Play opponents you don't usually play. Like uh, that guy who who always beats you. Play somebody who plays something the same as him or has a similar skill set really or be-
2: or play that guy who always beats you and watch all the things he does that you don't do perfect yeah,
0: yeah and and another another good another good use for these goals uh not just currently but in the future um is you see athletes say this all the time and that they they won the athlete won the game and then when the announcer or interviewer says hey like like what did you think of the game they're like oh i sucked like that's mm. that's bad and that's because those athletes they're not thinking about outcome goals, they're thinking about their performance and their process goals, right? And so that's that's another great way to never be complacent. Now, I know most of you listening are not forty k gods, and um, will absolutely be ecstatic if they win an event, to win a major, win the ITC. However, uh, there are players who are so good at forty k uh, that when you know when they win, they're upset that that they won, even though they won because they they misplayed. Right, because they made a mistake. They they didn't meet a performance goal or an uh, a uh, a process goal that they set for themselves. Right, so it's always important to have multiple goals set for yourself and to layer them into one cohesive, as Adam put it, montage training montage, <laughs> uh, where every goal culminates into cinematic perfection in your mind. So, Chase the
3: chicken. Chase yeah. the chicken. If you can catch a chicken, you can you can roll dice, I guess you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge, dodge. a wrench. <laughs> if you dodge a wrench, lovely. Okay, so Aww. we had the Simpsons quote, we had the dodgeball quote. If we can get Anchorman in here, we've got the trifecta, and we can go home. Peter, it's all on you. Um, San Diego,
1: well, <laughs>
2: yeah. something, something. That's the one I thought of.
0: <laughs> right, right on. All right. Uh, that is that is it. I think, I think we have absolutely talked about this subject. Uh, is there anything the three of you want to add before we move on? No. Okay, perfect. Peter <laughs> Peter speaking are, are, for the room. Are, are you sure? <laughs> All right. So, uh, at the end of every episode, we do like to open the floor to the patrons. The patrons get to ask us questions that we answer live at the end of the show. Normally, we would have the patrons live. However, um I d- using the computer at work, it's not it's not ideal right now. So, uh, we're going to skip that. However, there are still patron questions, and there are actually a lot of really good ones this time around. If you'd like to ask us a question, all you have to do is support us, head over to patreon.com slash chapter tactics, uh, and you can, you can go ahead and sign up there, and you get to ask us questions, get access to our Discord and our Facebook and stuff. So, patron Tim wants to know, my re- my resolution is to get on chapter tactics. It doesn't matter for what, as long as they're on. Just want to find a way to join a conversation. How do I do this? So the the three guests who have been on multiple Chapter Tactics episodes, how does Patron Tim get on an episode of Chapter Tactics? So what you want to do is um, find a really nice location um,
1: and then get a couple uh, hobby licenses. Start uh, your own gaming store. <laughs> and yeah. Decide so, that your kids don't back. need a
2: formal education. Yeah. <laughs>
3: uh so i th- i think you just just make this guy's dream come true and just get him onto like two minutes to say hello and you know say hi mom and and jump off i think you just do he, it Pablo.
0: you know he even said even as an extra with one recorded line uh patron tim but um uh you know it's um yeah is then
3: you like then what you gotta do it for everybody <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, I um, think so, everybody who
2: wants to be on Chapter Tactics should email Pablo. That's the just no, absolutely that. Frontline correct. Gaming PD Pablo, pop. No, no.
3: I'll,
0: like, I'll give you Reese's email contact you know? <laughs> at FrontlineGaming.org. dot org. No,
2: Spam but they want, no, but they want a response, Pablo. They want. No, a oh, oh, fair
0: enough. Okay, <laughs> we could do it. We could do it. We could do a
1: a Patreon of the Patreon of the day, and they could just like every episode record a one minute thing we slap on there, as long as. I love he really says, wholesome. I love he says,
3: we can do it. And it's
0: Pablo's podcast.
1: Well, I mean, Pablo has to do the work. <laughs> Wait, what's, I mean, it's the, it's, it's Peter's
0: podcast, too. It's, it's, it's our, he's on the, it's he's the, a co host. It's he's the people's all, podcast. He's on, anyways. um, So actually, this is actually really good. I, I'd actually like to give legitimate advice here. If you're someone <laughs> who has people, a content creator that you like that has guests on, there are tons of them. I, I'm not the only pod, we're not the only podcast that has guests on. Uh, you should definitely do what Peter uh, and Colin and Val and I think Adam um, what they did was and just email your content creators and just build a report with them you know talk to them mm. say hey I really like your content I, these are my goals and then just meet them go go to an event that they're going to meet them you don't have to be a weird creepy creepo about it you just just say like hey I love your stuff I know every single content creator I've ever met has absolutely appreciated when people come up to them and thank them for their work we you know we put a lot of hours into this work um, and we like to be thanked for it it's it's the thing um it's for a lot of us part of the reason why we do it so you know if you if you want to do that if you want to hop on these podcasts if you want to be someone like Peter like Adam like Colin like myself you just kind of have to put yourself out there uh that's probably my number one way to do it. All of us at one point were nobodies who who weren't a part of the community. That's how I started. I started by asking Reese and Frankie if they needed help moving to San Diego. I didn't start by liking Warmer Forty K. I just I literally just wanted to be a part of something. And that's that's how I ended up where I am now. Aww. So
1: we all want to be part of something. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you know, uh, just put yourself out there. I'm all, I get emails all the time for people who want to come on the show, who have a show ideas and I respond to all of those. So, uh, you know, just don't feel free to reach out.
3: So I actually got my start, um, by being inspired by Adam Abramowitz and the, the best general podcast he produced at the time. And I reached him out and I just had a conversation with him about being coming a content producer. And then like the next month I started making content i started a little podcast that i only had up on youtube it went for about 13 episodes and it was called gaming against the grain and it was about trying to win an event using pure black templars which was like pure Ooh. trash at the time and um yeah that's that's literally it so i think it's if you want to be involved just start they don't need to have a perfect concept you don't need to be amazing straight away it's just just get jump in get involved go listen to
2: the first episode of Bitpod. You And you'll be like, oh, wow, you could just be guys who want to talk about 40K you with no plan? Just,
3: uh, you can just exist. Sick. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like Mitch, Mitch
2: just told me for months that we should make a show. And then we got on the show with a very minimal agenda and just talked for an hour and a half. And now we're – it's been a lot of years since then. <laughs> so, yeah yeah. That, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's –
0: um but all right uh patron brett wants to know for your 40k podcast and or social media outlet what do you plan to do for 2021 so we kind of did talk about this already uh is there anything anything else you want to add to that we did kind of lead um we
3: talking about our respective contents there anything else any big plans that you want to do um yeah, I suppose I've. I mean, I know Peter has some massive plans. I, I know I got some massive plans as well. But uh, yeah, I I really just want to commentate on some big tournaments, draw some more eyeballs to the game, and then just. I know the rising tide lifts all ships. Things as a as a trope that I don't necessarily agree with, on an economical standpoint. But I think in the case of 40k, it, it really is something I want to adhere to.
2: So I I um oh, I don't know a week ago or so I took I was up couldn't sleep and I dot, jotted down everything that's wrong with uh, 40k as a streaming game mm-hmm. just made a list of all of it, it uh, in, in order for 40k uh well i'd have to put it into not my handwriting for anyone else to read it but uh it's for 40k is a fantastic game that's really fun and super interesting and one of the few times in my life where my brain has enough to do where i don't get anxious it's a big thing for me so <laughs> i i i want it to be better streaming than it is It's too long. It's hard to tell what's going on. There's a lot, right? And I made a list of all the problems so I could try to come up with creative ways to get this content out to people that isn't what, you know, like what play on tabletop. And like these people that are doing these massive edited videos that are just amazing, but you can't, we can't have tons of content like that at the point of the, the hobby. It's just too much work. So I've been trying to figure out how to make it the best I can. And while COVID has us all trapped at home, it's a fantastic opportunity to just keep trying things for digital distribution of content. So I'm going to try to do a bunch of different stuff this year and see how we make the best stream we possibly can. I don't know what all that looks like, but it's absolutely been a big part of my focus over the past few months and will continue to be. Nice. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see where you, where you and
0: where everyone takes streaming for 40k in a year. That's that we we were already going to hit huge strides in 2020, um, and then just you know, COVID and the events all being canceled really, really, really set us back a year basically. Um, but we're we are poised to have a lot of really good streaming coming on in the next year, especially uh-huh. in terms of tournament coverage and competitive games. Just uh-huh. wait for Stat Center Live, baby. Ooh, all right. Patron Kelsey wants to know: How do you gauge what's realistic for you to accomplish, given your skill level, location, economic status, etc.? cetera? Uh, or alternatively, should you just pull a Piccolo and shoot for the moon and just win LVO, no matter what you, who you are, where you are? If you can pull a
3: pickle, always pull a pickle. That's that's a good, take that in whatever good. context you you please.
1: <laughs> I'm um, just. I think I, I the thing I said earlier about like the incremental goals, but setting the like set set a stretch goal for yourself, but set. Make sure that you, when you're doing that, you're realistic about what you can achieve. So you can say, anybody can say, I'm going to win the LVO this year, but don't be upset when you don't because you, you've you set up all these tinier goals in between. Like this next event I'm going to, I'm going to go two and one, or this next event I'm going to, I'm going to be the best IG player that's there, or whatever it happens to be that that you feel um, that you can accomplish. Like, But mm-hmm. start small with a, with a stretch goal in mind.
2: First of all, go watch The Queen's Gambit.
0: Yeah! Oh my God! Please, and then take a lot it. of quaaludes.
2: And then and then don't treat yourself like she treats herself. Oh, but I relate to that so strongly. This mm. this idea that I have to be perfect at a tournament, or I have to be mean to myself, and that's where all the goal stuff ends up for me. It's it's these goals are all great. The goals are all fantastic, but at the end of the day, I love ice cream. It's my favorite food. Every tournament, at the end of the tournament, I have ice cream. And it is called celebratory ice cream because there is always something to celebrate. I come up with what it is each time I'm going to celebrate because I got my butt kicked by Pablo. It was stupid. I played badly, but I had a fun time and we laughed the whole time. Right? Like, like, like that's an, that's an achievement, right? I didn't get salty. I wasn't frustrating for Pablo to beat on, uh, we're one and one, so you know whatever. That's but true, it, it, it just you—you you have to then at the end of the goal setting and at the end of the thing that happened, you have to be kind to yourself because it's just it's just a game, right? And yeah. no matter how important that goal was, you got to be kind to yourself. Mm. Yeah, I,
0: I agree with that. um To kind of just really quick add on to this before we move on to the next, uh another great way to gauging what's realistic for you is if you if you know you're not going to win die champion or you know that that you're in a spot where you can't necessarily compete at your best, setting process and performance goals for yourself instead of outcome goals are absolutely great. And then from there, if you you know, if you set good performance and process goals for yourself, if you start seeing that May hey, maybe you, you're climbing up in those rankings and you're you're making the top five, and then maybe you come into some money and you get the chance to go to the LVO, um, then you can start setting realistic outcome goals for yourself. So start with small goals, get bigger. Um and then absolutely don't beat yourself up uh, 100%.
2: I love that, Pablo. I think that's great advice everyone should take.
0: Mm. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Patron Ian wants to know, getting into a new local scene, being social with new individuals can be exceptionally difficult for many people, myself included. Things that may be common knowledge for those involved may not be known to those that are new. How would you recommend people get started uh, getting into a new local scene?
3: Hmm. This is one I uh, tackle a little bit. I usually, I, I think maybe once a week when I was uh, really actively streaming or doing podcasts and stuff, I'd have somebody reach out and ask, oh, I'm in this scene. Do you know anybody from here? And um, I, was, I was very happy to put them in contact with like active TOs. And usually it's an active TO who you will know, you know, the people in the clubs in the local area who are actively taking on new players or new player friendly. Um, so I'm always just sign up, sign up for a tournament. I think it's a really good way of meeting a a bunch of people on the same day. And then, you know, you might meet a bunch that you wouldn't mind hanging out with. You might meet a bunch that you absolutely love. You might meet a bunch that you think you might want to avoid if they're a bit too hardcore or they don't quite um, play in a manner in which you enjoy. But, uh, yeah, I think TOs are always a really good point of call or community leaders. But past that, the easiest way is just Google, like – Richmond War Games, Richmond 40k community, Richmond on, on on Facebook. And you'll pretty much find Facebook pages where you can arrange to meet people or find clubs.
0: Specifically,
3: Richmond. Exactly, 40K. Richmond. Don't worry about anything, any other suburbs. Not your local geographical area. Your local Richmond, Richmond, wherever that may be. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, that's, I, a, that's some great advice, though.
2: I think that when you you should start with pickup games, that's how I met people before I knew mm. anyone in 40k. I just went on the local Facebook groups for our area and, and said, I need a game. Right. Um, the other thing, though, is once you're at the tournament, if you're a Facebook person, and I'm not, I'm not saying you should be one, but if you are, uh, everyone that you met at that tournament, find them on Facebook and shoot them a message and should thank them for the game and tell them something about the game. Say, um, hey, I was thinking more about our game. Do you think it would have been better for me if I had blah, blah, blah?" and see if they want to have a conversation with you? That's how I made almost all my 40K friends initially is I just messaged everybody after I played them. Mm
3: yeah man knows a lot love being asked their advice like
2: oh yeah just do it. yeah especially if you if you want to just compliment them a little bit more than they deserve that that well, that usually is a good lubrication for people to be your friend <laughs> P- which is peter. why i love being on this amazing show pablo
3: yeah most fantasticest <laughs> bestest show of all times i love you guys that's great okay. uh peter peter um do you have anything
0: else to add to that no I think they killed it. I I I'm personally terrible. This is not a... I, I, I do what Adam does, except I do it worse. Where people when people email me, I'm like, just tell me tell me where region you're in, and then I send them to the local ITC rep for that region, the closest one, or or a TO that I know, and I'm just like, oh, just talk to talk to Jason Horn, talk talk to Peter Colosso, they'll they'll help you. I'm I'm really bad at uh, integrating, getting integrated into a local scene. Um, I'm just uh, you know. It's the Kind of guy I am, unfortunately. Oh,
1: I do the same. Uh, like if someone comes to me and it's like, "Hey, blah blah blah," because I talk to all these or have talked to all these TOs, mm-hmm. I generally know someone in their community, and I'll send them mm-hmm. to them, or I'll like bring up a Facebook uh, group and I'll be like, "Hey, there's a billion people there that want to talk to you about 40k, guaranteed." Yep, pass the buck. Just don't be. Just don't be an idiot. Don't be a. Don't be a, a jerk.
0: Yeah. yeah all right so patron nathaniel wants to know my goal for head. 2021 win a gt major and get name dropped on 40k stats center that's a great goal nathan my question is how do you make the jump from winning rtt level turnities to winning gts and then major level events what's the goals you would set for yourself
2: to make that achievable can i just say that i've done an entire podcast on this topic <laughs> like this is it. like like peter you always you're always a listener isn't this like literally what our show's about yeah, generally, at least, <laughs> at least up, like the first year or so was for sure. Yeah, it, it's just a, it's just it's so that's so near and dear to my heart. Unfortunately, it's a mixture of things. And the one you're not going to want to hear is you have to play. If you want to win your first GT, you have to play something that's top tier. Sorry. Like, I know that's not I know that's not the answer anyone wants to hear. But I usually this question comes into the show. And the question is, how do I win my first GT? I play mono. Drakari or something that isn't typically at the top of the meta, and that's a really hard road. Play play something super powerful, learn how to play it really well, go win your tournament. Like
0: that—that <laughs> that definitely is the easiest way to transfer from winning to an RTT to a GT. You can always
2: play I... Jakey stuff later. Like just yeah. start off with something you know is good. When because yeah, you... you don't know what you don't know. Like what what's an amazing Drakari list until you have that experience under your belt.
0: Yeah. The the uh, you can i i firmly believe that you can win an rtt or a small gt with any faction in warmer 40k yes. i've literally seen every <laughs> faction win but specifically moving from the large gt to major that making that jump um is very very difficult uh winning an rtt is almost a matter of just being the biggest try hard on like any given weekend like that's literally it like i've been like i've been in opportunities where i could have won i've won an rtt but i've been in opportunities where i absolutely could have won an rtt but that wasn't the point of the rtt the point was to hang out with my friends or to to improve so um uh but jumping from gt to major uh is is a pretty massive jump and um i would definitely say uh take a take a competitive list um you know one that you've honed or a competitive faction uh netlist if you have to um you know and then t- just work on all your goals your your micro
3: goals yeah peter
1: i have nothing to add
3: perfect i love yeah, it I'll, i will reiterate that uh probably colin will as soon as colin said it, and colin's the guys won gts and stuff if you want if you want to win you, yeah literally learn how to win first and then learn how to win the way you want to win like
2: yeah and I, I, that,
3: that doesn't mean be a douchebag doesn't mean cause any harm or don't play in a manner of which you're expected to that means play something that's good you know that can go the distance and then worry about playing and and, and being like the perfect xyz player being the best melee tower player of all time etc uh, Adam and how, I
2: actually talked to I'm sorry, Pablo. Oh no, no, i I was gonna move on to the next person so you can continue. I was gonna say one more thing. Adam and I actually had a conversation when you was acting for charity hammer that maybe Adam won't remember, but I sure do, which is that people think netlisting is this terrible word. And on, mm. on our show we make a point of saying it's okay to netlist. Because when you're trying to get better at the game, don't make yourself have to try to get better at winning and list creation at the same time. Mm. Take something that you know is good already so that you know which thing is holding you back so you know if it's the list or the thing i just wanted to say that because i think people don't hear that enough you you can't you can't get better if the list is holding you back and you just don't know it you won't get better then
3: and 100 percent, 40k is too big and complex a game to put any extra hurdles and extra barriers into yourself when you're trying to get to it trying to meet certain goals um so take away as many as, as it's possible to do and um, that's actually something. So that mindset translates
0: to competitive games in general too. Uh-huh. Not just not just one forty k. There are all there are people in all sorts of com- competition uh, that want to win their own way, and then there are people who are who follow the mold and go, you know, kind of just go with what's tried and true and win. Even at like the highest level, like even in, like like soccer and the NFL and all that stuff. Like there's people who. Who just this is the way, and there's people who make fun of them because they're so formulaic, and then there's people who are definitely stylists who, who prefer to win with style, who maybe don't win as often. So it's just find out whatever whatever mentality works for you, and then stick to it. But either way, don't be afraid of being shamed out of whatever works for you. If you're if you're one of those people who wants to innovate, people are going to make fun of you for bringing Gene Steeler Colt, you know, to to space marine metas or, or whatever, right? It's going to happen. People are going to call you like a special snowflake that wants to win their own way. Um, and you're not going to win as often, but when you do, hopefully, maybe win that one special time, it, it'll be extra special to you. But just make sure no one shames you one way or the other. Same thing with netlisting. Uh-huh. But, um, alright. Uh, patron uh, Paul wants to know, have any of the hosts actually ever followed through with their New Year's resolutions? I have.
3: Boy, very proud of it. It's I've just one. Uh... I've followed through with mine every year for the last 10 years, so I'm I'm pretty good. Oh, well, good job, Adam.
1: Yeah, I mean the weight loss one was a new year's resolution back in the day, so um yeah, I generally try to. Um when I do bother with a new year's resolution, oftentimes I don't. But
2: I don't I don't do them, so nothing bad.
0: Mm. I've I've never uh I'm not I'm not the kind of person who follows new year's resolutions. Um, I generally don't do them, but I did give myself a career focused one in 2000 and 19 um and then at the beginning of 2020 at the LVO I achieved it which was uh pretty cool it was the the fantasy draft stuff um mm-hmm. which I wanted to capitalize on for 2020 and improve on which did not happen so anyways yeah, that okay. was so fun by
2: the way <laughs> that was such What's a up? that was such a great addition that oh was it was so,
0: fun. so oh yeah i loved it so much it, it's anyways so I'm, patron dan sorry i just well, want to ahead?
1: say i'm really thankful that you didn't because i
0: like being the only ever
1: winner of an lvo fantasy draft
0: <laughs> it was just the lvo fantasy, you were the the super you're part of the superstar draft yeah of of people who you yeah, know pod content creators and anyways um Patron Dan wants to know, how are you keeping your 40k goals realistic in an ever-increasingly chaotic setting? Uh, COVID and all that stuff. How are you keeping them realistic?
3: Well, suppose mine have all backtracked to the things I can control. Eg, my you know my immediate group of friends and my, my immediate community, not not even interstate. Just kind of, uh, I live in Victoria, Australia, and so my all my goals have pretty much become limited to my state because they're the only ones that I, I think I'll have the most amount of control over. As in, you know, just come have games at my place. Eg, if we can't do a tournament elsewhere, and a lot of other stuff have become hobby related. Like a lot of my goals that I would usually set for a year, being X, Y, Z wins or attendances, have become you know get get X amount of points painted or get this character done, etc.
2: In, uh, in quarantine, I only play with one person, so a lot of our, a lot of my goals have been learning a lot of different armies rather than one because there's no tournaments to go to.
3: I thought you were yeah. about to scream at myself and be like, oh. "Yeah, ta-
0: tabletop simulator is a is not bad." Uh, list writing, list developing. There's definitely ways to achieve your goals, but um, you know, if you listen to the, the podcast, setting performance and. Uh, process progress goals, process goals for yourself is definitely more realistic than outcome goals because there's literally no outcomes right now. You can mm. win the ITC. I mean, you can try to win the ITC, but... Um, so the outcomes aren't as relevant right now as processes and performances. So uh-huh. um, I would set those micro goals and focus on those. Uh, <laughs> patron Matt wants to know, which host has the best recipe for winning a state fair pie contest and why? Ooh. I'm out.
2: Uh- I'm confident.
0: <laughs> I'm confident I can do it.
1: I like to, I love, I've I love to cook. Oh, really? I love to cook too. I just don't bake. I mean, um, I make a mean like Acadian meat pie. I can slam one of them down. But
2: I'm I married a former professional chef. I don't do any cooking. Be <laughs> so, I'm not even so, like lately I'm like in the kitchen, I'm like, can I help? And she's like, You're not gonna do it right. I'm like, I can still try.
0: <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um so it sounds like Adam wins. Yeah, <laughs> the only fair one. enough. <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> I, have, I have a lovely, um, actually Maltese. My father's Maltese. I have a lovely ricotta, broad, broad bean and rabbit pie that I make. that's quite nice. Oh my god! I hate you. I'm so hungry right big, now. Big, big fan.
0: And you thought oh. that sounded good. Oh, it's yes. Well, I'm hungry, so anything sounds <laughs> good. I heard pie, and I almost. I, I, th- it. I thought
2: I thought we were talking about like actual pie with like dessert in it, not these meat pies that the Canadian oh. and the Australian. Are I thought we were about. talking about
0: dessert pies too, but I, I'm so hungry. I, I went for the meat pies. I I, pies I, pie. I,
3: I'm quite partial to a nice flan or tart. Okay. Oh, my God! You know I think I could actually win this <laughs> Never mind. meat pie if all I have to compete
0: with is meat pies and and nothing uh anyways, um, I could make a pretty okay cheesecake, so. All right, patron. Final question, patron Jesse wants to know. This is actually my favorite question. Um, uh, patron Jesse wants to know: Do the hosts have any tips or tricks balancing hobby goals with raising a young kid? Uh-huh. Obviously, family comes first. But are there any time management tips? My only hobby lately has been drawing with crayons and building things out of blocks and pipe cleaners.
3: Barking up the wrong tree here. You got yeah, to it, no, I, I don't yeah. want to leave it, want to lead us <laughs> off, here. Yeah. Yep. Back away slowly. Uh,
0: but yeah, Pete Collin and I do have kids, and um, uh, we absolutely have, you know, balanced hobbies stuff with kids. Uh, Pete Collin, do you guys have any advice for Jesse? I mean, I don't know what the rest of your
1: home life is like. Um, when I got into the hobby, I actually got into it because I had kids. I, um, my wife wanted me to get into a hobby that would take up less of my time. Little did she know what I would choose. Um, but <laughs> um, back when my children, my my boys were very young. Um, It was it was all about like they had a pretty, pretty strict schedule of when naps would happen, etc. And that would generally be if I wanted to get hobby done when it would happen. Um, Otherwise, it was, you know, hey, they go to bed at eight o'clock. My plan is nine o'clock I'm going to spend an hour doing whatever. So it was just building out a small schedule for myself and then also working with my wife on that um, uh, to let her like because like uh, you know downtime when you have small children is often very important for everybody. So to be like, hey, listen this Tuesday I plan on going out and playing Warhammer um, and then you kind of set up a like a, a schedule around it is it what I would always do um, since moving to the incredible North with uh, nothing better to do with my life um And like there being only like six people around and four polar bears. Um I also work at a job that, uh that, is, that can either be extremely stressful or nothing will happen for eight hours. Um So I get a lot of hobbying done now, just based on knowing that, you know, several days a week I'll probably have a lot of free time.
2: We have this great idea that we would have that the kids and I would play these games together and, I have three boys, fourteen, twelve, and nine, and man, none of their attention spans are even in the <laughs> ballpark of hmm. playing a warhammer game uh they just aren't into it. I played the um what's the i guess what's the the warhammer quest style forty k game black fortress that warhammer,
0: war, war war yeah silver tower
2: that's the a- black fortress that, that's the, AOS the fantasy one, one? there's the last war- one is silver tower yeah there's a forty k one as well we yeah, played black that fortress yeah. we played that. Um, so our, our path was interesting because we started off because it was something to do with the kids and I played like 40 games of Age of Sigmar with them and then they just kind of lost interest and I didn't, and I moved to 40 K and what we realized is that it was something my wife and I wanted to do together. Um, and so we started doing it when the kids were off doing their own thing, which if you're a new parent, you probably don't realize this yet, but your kids actually need to be taught to entertain themselves. It's actually really important. Uh, Pablo and Falcon, I know know exactly what I'm talking about. The kids have to be able to entertain themselves, even if it's just for a little bit. Uh, But what we started doing is the kids wanted to watch movies that Stephanie and I had no interest in watching. So we set up a table behind the couch, basically, and we sat and painted and put together miniatures while watching just the worst television that your kids can make you watch. (laughs) And we did that for months. And we did that for months together. And we sat there and we commited about what we were doing. And it was a thing to to bond to bond with my wife over. Um, and then, but it was also kind of like spending time with the kids because the thing the kids wanted to do didn't need our full attention, right? So that's that's what we did. Now the kids don't care. They're playing video games nonstop, and it's hard for me to even interrupt them. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um,
0: so, really uh, actually, so so I'm blessed uh, to know a lot of really good hobby moms and dads in this community. I've I've met so many wonderful parents, um, and I've learned so much parenting um, just from from talking to people. Um, w- one of my favorite examples of a really good hobby dad uh, was someone uh, named John Weber from San Diego. Um, he's a lovely guy. He's a just an amazing individual great dad great husband great community member um but he had uh his daughter libby when she was she was little she was maybe three uh two um old enough to be strapped to his chest um and he would bring her to games and i didn't have kids at the time uh when when she was that young uh but he would bring her to games and just be the absolute chillest person. He'd be like, hey, you know, I'm bringing my daughter, like, like she, I'm, I give her a foam die, she rolls it, she hangs out on my chest, um, don't, I'm not trying, I'm not expecting to win, I'm not, I'm just going to, my diet is my priority, but I also want to play games, and she's going to be with me. And that's, that was, I always thought that was beautiful, because he would, he would perfectly balanced, you know, hanging out with his daughter. She would, of course, sleep, get bored. Sometimes, you know, she'd throw a fit. She'd be a kid, you know, a, a child, um, and he'd handle it well. And, he, you know, the as long as you understood that he, you know, he had a kid to deal with, it was fine, right? And he would make sure that he wouldn't schedule, like it wouldn't be a league game. It'd be a practice game, right? So I'd say set realistic expectations, um, you know, with a young, young kid, um, you could absolutely play play games, play practice games. I wouldn't just bringing them to a tournament. However, if you have kids, you should know that tournament planning is like, it's an event. You have to get a babysitter or, or, you know, wine and dine the spouse or do whatever you need to on top of, you know, saving up the money and planning. Like it's a lot of work to go to a tournament when you have kids. So, um, Obviously don't bring your kids to your to a tournament, but in terms of hobbying and balancing that and getting better and improving and playing um you can absolutely do that as long as you' manage your expectations make them realistic um, and then if your kid if your kid likes what they likes doing it with you that's cool if not I love the I love the fact that Colin and his wife you know hobbied while their kids were watching you know baby shark or whatever which I have definitely
2: done um where well, you only need to see it the first three times to get all the nuance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, the probably, puppy pals. I, I did want to add that um on onto what you said that I forgot that a big thing that I did when I was first getting practice games is I would make friends of people who had kids that got along with my kids mm-hmm. even if oh, even geez. if I didn't like them that much. And what, no, kids I or I'm, 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 I I met them <laughs> but I was I was mostly kidding. But a, a great example of that is that Chuck's son and my kids get along great. So Chuck can bring his kid they, my kids and my kids and his kid play together. Now the kids are entertained. They've got someone visiting. This doesn't happen now, but uh, they're all visiting and we're playing. Uh, but I, several of my friends had young kids that want to play with my youngest kid. That's a thing that totally works. And if your wife doesn't want you playing a bunch of 40K, if you say, and the kids will be distracted for three hours, you might get more practice games. Oh yeah, that's some next level
0: parenting right there too. Yeah. Angling, angling, taking care of your kids to make your spouse happy, for yeah, a hundred percent.
2: Yeah, that's the thing that I absolutely do. She may have helped me paint, but she is not as interested in forty k as I am.
0: It's like, anyways, great stuff. All right, thank you, patrons, for asking those questions, and thank you, Colin, Adam, and Peter, for coming on. I loved having you on. I'm gonna to have to have you all three of you on more on more often uh definitely Adam and colin peter's Peter's on a lot, but Peter's also uh you know working sometimes busy guy uh but thank you thank you guys for coming on uh is there any final plugs you want to do i know we we spent the beginning plugging, but to give everyone a quick refresher any final plugs
2: uh they want to do before we move out? can I plug my show yeah, I plugged absolutely. My, I plug my charity event <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I am from the Best in Faction podcast. We do only competitive 40K content. Uh, we, we record live on Twitch and take questions as we're going. And then we post that on wherever you can find podcasts. You can wa- watch our episodes on YouTube, on Twitch. You can listen to the show on uh, uh, anywhere you get your podcast. It's called Best in Faction. Uh, the easiest way to find us is facebook.com slash B-I-F-P-O-D uh, for Best in Faction podcast. But yeah, we'd love to have you.
3: If you're listening to this on FLGN, you already know where I'm from. You already know where Peter's from. But uh, Uprising in Adelaide on the second last weekend of January, you can find us there. Um, I'll also be streaming part of the BiffPod stuff, which is very exciting. Actually, I'm going to mm-hmm. be streaming for three weekends straight. That's going to be ridiculous. Look you forward to Tom, a very time. You and tired...
2: are going to stream a lot of the content. Starting from, off from 2021,
3: right? Well, you know me. If there was an if there ever like a a content F boy, it would be Adam Camilleri. (laughs) I don't know.
1: I I don't know. I mean, we we're making a shirt for Val that's exactly that.
0: You know, Val Val. was the original content F boy. He was. He was. Val was
1: absolutely the original, the OG. Well, we called him that on the adjacent show a couple weeks back, and he didn't know what it meant, so he got really (laughs) offended, and then and started talking about it as if he knew. Um and Aww. like you didn't really have to listen to the episode cuz I can't give it justice but that's where the the t-shirt love is coming from was this like <laughs> he had no idea what what it actually meant um but yeah uh I guess for me I like uh, you hear me on other stuff. I do have a website. Um, there's really no updates happening to it because nobody's playing games, but that's going to change very shortly, I hear. There's a couple big events coming up in the next week or two, so you'll see some updates there. On a stats perspective, Las Vegas Open is happening. The swag looks super good, guys. It's all for charity. Please take a minute and take a look and donate if you can. Um, we've got a huge prize pool uh, incoming. I'm just waiting for permission to tell everybody what it is, um, but it's probably the biggest Prize pool in anything that I've taken part in. So that's super keen to look forward to. um And lastly, I do do the 40K adjacent yeah. show over on The Honest Wargamer every uh Tuesday morning. So in like six hours, I'm going to wake up to do that. um And it's going
0: to be great. Right on. All right, everyone. You listeners are, of course, the best listeners in the world. I hope we have an amazing 2021 together. I cannot wait to record more awesome and or subpar chapter tactics (laughs) content for you all. And as always, have a good one. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. What he said.